0: It's the Eleven Dubcast. I'm Johnny Ginner. And I'm Kevin Harris. Hey, so uh, unfortunately Michael's gallbladder almost exploded and then like somebody had to like cut it out of him on a subway platform and then they, you know, they threw it to a, a dog and the dog exploded because it ate. I don't know. But anyway, Michael's fine. Um, he's doing fine. Uh, had, had some gallbladder surgery, but he'll be back on his feet next week. Uh, but until then, we've got our, our good friend Kevin That's with a site to help. Uh, help us uh, create this beautiful podcast. So thanks for coming on, dude. Oh yeah, no problem. Pleasure to be here. And, and and there's so much great Ohio State basketball to talk about. I'm really excited that we can discuss all the successes. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, the second most important uh, money sport for Ohio State. So did you enjoy? Did you enjoy Ohio State uh, looking even worse than the first time uh, against Michigan State?
1: I mean, um, I mean, here's the thing, like they played about as well as they possibly could
0: yeah so, and that's what's sad right? right but yes they did
1: yeah like you're not going to win when a team shoots 78% from the field like through right, right. midway through the second quarter you know the second right. half like it's just not going to happen like i those both those games were just so depressing cuz like you're watching this game and you're like any other team and they might be doing like pretty solid here but right yeah it's but, just nothing Nothing good
0: about Michigan that. Michigan State. It's, I mean, you, you look at that game, and Michigan State just looked like it. It looked like they were just in a different division than Ohio State in terms of just how they were playing and how they were shooting. It's like this is the, this is what you want to see out of a team after a lot of years of progression, right? right. And I just Ohio State doesn't have a Denzel Valentine, right? They don't have that dude, right. and they've got a lot of talented players, but you look at them, and you're like, God dang, like that. The talent level yeah. isn't necessarily that different, but I think the, the actual skill level in terms of like knowing how to play the game is just – it's miles apart. Right. It, it's really crazy. Um, there was some talk about Ohio State like, sneaking into the NCAAs. That's no. pretty much no. – <laughs> no. that dream is dead. Um, uh, so I guess you can start filling out your NIT brackets.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. The funny part is they're probably not even going to get to play at home here.
0: Oh my god! Because they've
1: got the the men's Ohio uh, Ohio um, finals in the shot, and then the women are probably going to be playing in St. John. So that's
0: right. Oh, geez, that's that's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, uh, a road NIT game is is one of the saddest games <laughs> I think I can possibly imagine in March. Yeah. Uh, well, at least Ohio State travels. Well, I'm sure they'll pack the. Oh yeah, you know, I'm, all to the I'm sure
1: wherever they are.
0: Is this – so, I mean, what was the year that Ohio State went to the NIT last? Was that 2008, I think? Uh, Yeah. I th- because – Yeah, it was. The thing is, that team, I believe, had a legitimate snub. Yeah, to they the did. NCAAs. I think they were pretty PO'd about it. And then they and go ahead and they win the in the NIT, and, you know, they thump their chest like this is what happens when you put an NCAA team in the NITs right. and blah, blah, blah. But this almost feels like – this feels – I think this is what it like feels like when every other NIT team gets into the NIT. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, just kind of sad, defeated. Like, well, I guess there's more basketball to play. Um, yeah, <laughs> and, I, and we talked. You know, we talked to uh, you know, we talked to some of the guys. Uh, some, you know, Tim and Eric and whatnot. We've talked to them about this, and they're like, you know, any basketball is good basketball, right? Like, and, and Michael's made the same point. Like, this is going to help them prepare for next right. year. But my question to you is like. Do you think this is valuable? Because I still remain skeptical. I don't know.
1: See, I see the value in it because at least you get to keep playing and you get to keep practicing. It's like ball practices right. and stuff. Like a postseason is valuable, but at the same time, like, come on, man, you're you're playing the NIT. Like, like how much how much of the players' minds are in it? You know, like I'm just not right. sure it's going to be valuable time. Like it's extra time, sure. I'm just not sure it's going to be valuable.
0: So Daniel Giddens is going to be like NIT baby, let's go. Yeah.
1: This is so- I don't think they're pumped. They they could. I yeah. could be wrong, but I you know I just don't don't see it. It.
0: I, it would be fun to see them run the table in the nit. It would be fun uh, if only because that's like the perfect I think finale for this team. Oh, absolutely. But, but I'm not sure that it's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, we did see today though. I think somebody somebody shared in Slack uh, that guy who's making all these nit <laughs> brackets. So. Yeah. We got to print those out. Yeah, people get little.
1: People make a living being a nit bracketologists. <laughs> you got to start somewhere,
0: man. Here I am teaching children like a sucker. Yeah. Should be, should be making nit IT bracket. Oh, for sure. All right. So, Kevin, you, you do an excellent job, like really an amazing job for us uh, covering the women's basketball team a little bit. Can you talk a little bit what's going on with them? Yeah. Talk about, talk about. <laughs> talk, the about basketball talk about. Talk about. Talk about. Yes, yeah, So
1: they just uh, played in Indianapolis. They yeah. were in the Big Ten Championship. Or Sorry, they were not in the Big Ten Championship. They were in the Big Ten Tournament. Right. Uh, And it wasn't – it didn't go as planned. They lost in um, the semifinals to Michigan State, who is a very, very, very good team, and they beat Ohio State the last time they played in the season finale in triple overtime. Kelsey Mitchell dropped 48 points, and they still lost.
0: (laughs) But – the, she's hot and cold though, right? I mean, she definitely has nights where she can't hit a, she can't like pay for a bucket. On the other hand, she has nights where she's just lighting it up and setting records back and forth.
1: See, her cold is like relative though, right? It's still, she still puts up like twenty points. She's only, <laughs> she's only ever had one game where she didn't score ten. So, right. So it, it's all relative, but yeah, I mean, she's really streaky. But it's usually not on a game by game basis. It's on, it's on a quarter by quarter basis. Gotcha. So she'll miss like six shots in a row and then she'll hit four threes and whatever lead they had is gone. That just didn't happen against Michigan State. And the main reason for it is Amherst Alston, their second leading scorer, who scores like 22 a game. She hurt her, she hurt her wrist in the game against Rutgers. So basically, the game plan was triple team Kelsey Mitchell and <laughs> make other people make shots. And it just, they, they weren't falling. They were getting good looks, they just weren't falling.
0: Yeah, the old, uh, like, high school, you know, gym basketball strategy, like, just pick on the dude who's actually on the team and then let everybody else miss. Yeah. Um, But they had a pretty successful season, right? I mean, they're still going to the NCAAs. I mean, here's what I will say. And, again, this is the other thing that I want to ask you because I've been been thinking about this for a while, right? Like, I haven't followed women's basketball outside of Ohio State really closely this year. But I've been looking at, like, UConn. Yeah. And what is – how does that happen? How does a team be that much better? I actually got bored one day. I was looking at their average margin of victory. I think they've won by an average margin of, like, 40 points this year. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely stupid. And they're beating good How teams, is that possible? They're beating good teams. They beat Ohio State by, like, yeah. 42. Um, right.
1: They're beating South Carolina and North Carolina. They beat North – not North Carolina, Notre Dame. They beat North, or Notre Dame twice, and Notre Dame's the second best team in the country. Like, right. come on. Um. Yeah, they're stacked. It, there's not much you can do about it. It's just crazy. It's like Ohio State can compete with the Notre Dames and the South Carolinas, uh, but they. It,
0: nothing. Do you have any insight on how they're able to stack that much talent? Like, that seems. The crazy thing is, it's like they don't.
1: I, I I hesitate to say they don't get the best talent because I mean they 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 get t- solid talent but it's not like they get the five best players in the country every year they right. it's it's all coaching it's all uh, they're like a military. Berm noticed That's crazy. Berm noticed this when uh, Ohio State hosted them to start the season. You saw Ohio State just like jacking sh- shots up in uh in in post or in pregame and um like. Yukon's just military like everything's all planned out and they just they weren't messing around it he compared it to the the USSR uh hockey team <laughs> they're just Soviet. they're unbeatable but they graduate a lot um this year uh including do, they're gonna be four-time player of the year so I mean if Ohio State's gonna make a run it's gonna be next year
0: next year yeah you said they had a lot coming back uh
1: next year they only lose Kate Kraft, who's defensively great and amherst alston who's the second leading scorer <laughs> which by the
0: way that's right
1: right right That's cracks that me up yeah that's, hilarious. that's the case um kate craft's great she's she's a guard and she plays power forward a lot and it, right. it's just hilarious because like that's the most aaron craft thing ever too <laughs> but um but they're missing they're losing kate craft and amherst alston but in their place they're getting three five-star freshmen and three former uh, McDonald's All-Americans coming in transfers. That's crazy. So, yeah, that. See, we have this debate a lot: who's the best recruiter in uh, Columbus? And it's it's 100% Kevin McGuff. It's not Urban Meyer, because Urban Meyer, he's he's very good at convincing teens to come play for his football team. <laughs> now, now, convincing. Uh, Players who contribute to their very good teams already to sit out a year and then join your team, that's just a different level. So I'm giving Edge Kevin McGuff here.
0: Yeah, I honestly, like, I I remember us having this this conversation via Slack, and I was looking at this, and like, again, I don't know, I mean, Urban Meyer's, like, killing it, like, 2nd rank recruiting class, things (laughs) like that, but... But you're right. I mean, if you look at the people that they're bringing in, like I looked at like, you know, the, their stats and whatnot and how covered they were, yes. like he's definitely bringing in some crazy, oh, crazy yeah. talent. Yeah. And I would love to see, I mean, look, I don't know that anybody's going to be able to take a run at UConn anytime soon. I mean, it feels like they could lose their entire team every year they've won six, and come back and win national championships.
1: They've won 69 straight, uh, which nice, <laughs> nice, but 69 straight <laughs> conference titles. That's insane. Yeah. That's, that should not happen.
0: No, I mean none of none of what they do should happen. I don't know what their win streak is right now, but it's, it's too much. It's,
1: they were undefeated yeah, I mean, last year, undefeated this year,
0: like. And I think, I, and here's the thing, and as far as women basketball basketball goes, I think sometimes people see that and they use that as a way to kind of hand wave off what they're doing with like, well, there's no parity in women's college basketball. And while I don't think there's as much parity as yeah. there is in men's college basketball, there's a hell of a lot more than there used to be. Yeah. And they're still doing it. It, it, it doesn't matter right. that there's, like, several really quality teams that they play every year. They're still steamrolling everybody. Right. And I think maybe that goes to show, like, it, it really is, like, an unprecedented thing that they're accomplishing. Um, like, you just watch one of their games. I caught one of their games, and I'm like, God, that. they just seem like a professional team playing against, you know, like, kids. Yeah. It's, it's really crazy.
1: It's next level.
0: Yeah. So... Uh, that'll be something to keep an eye on, maybe for the immediate future. I think the women's basketball team is definitely a maybe at this point a more interesting uh, story than the men's basketball oh, sure. team. Let's let's talk a little bit. We got first day of spring practice. Um, I'm not really a believer that you can tell a whole <laughs> hell of a lot from spring practice. I don't know about you. How do you, how do you do you get excited about it? Does that ever like you know get you real interested, especially as a student? I
1: mean, yes and no. I really like the because uh, spring practice means it's close to the spring game, and I love the spring game. Um, yeah just because it's, it's like, a whole day of just Buckeye football. Like, you don't even have to worry about another team. Um, But – and I love the – I love that Urban Meyer does the uh, open practice for students once a year, and that's a lot lot of fun too. So in terms of that, I get excited, but, like, you can't really tell much about what's going to happen next year based on spring practice. Like, come on, man. You can't? Some of the – I mean, especially this year because, like – there's so many position battles and stuff, and like practice started today. Like, yeah. Like I, uh, uh, I saw um, Antonio Williams is taking snaps behind a walk-on or something, and like, <laughs> like while like that kind of piques my interest. Like, hmm, that's kind of weird. Like, it, it's the first day of spring practice, and the, right. and, and yeah. at the end of the day, the kid should still be in high school. So like, come on, like it's it's not that big of a deal. Um, just stuff like that. I think we we get so excited about wanting it to be like football season that we read into every little thing that's just not a not a story. So while I I do get excited about spring practice, I try to intentionally contain my excitement. So
0: one of the things that I would say about spring practice, at least for this year, is that while I don't think there's going to be a lot of position battles that you can really like nail down, I do think that um, there are going to be some people who end up standing out. And, and if only because the team is so young, you're still going to hear those names come fall. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because yeah. it, they really need, right now, I feel like the team is just trying to focus on known quantities. They're just trying to figure out dudes who they're like, all right, this is a guy that we know can, like, for instance, the wide receivers, this is a guy who can block. Yeah. We just need to have a guy who can block. <laughs> and just maybe by that, you know, one virtue, they're going to get on the field and you're going to hear about them. Um, but on the other hand, stuff like, oh, Dontre Wilson's going to be carrying the ball a lot this year. Whatever. <laughs> Get out of my face with that. Like, he might. but You don't that, know that,
1: from that, one day in spring practice that he will. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Um, I'm just glad that we don't have a quarterback controversy. I'm glad JT Barrett is the dude. I think he is great. Yeah. I really, really, really like JT Barrett. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just – it'll be fun to watch. And like you said, the spring game is always a good time. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then you mentioned the, the open practice, which is always hilarious. Oh, it's, so, it's just great, yeah. There's There are a lot of questions, especially at safety, but those aren't going to get answered until the fall. So I, I think this is just, you know, it'll be good to to get back mm-hmm. into the swing things with football a little bit, but I'm not exactly, like, you know, peeing my pants at the prospect right. of more football at this point. The other thing is, so, like, a lot of the
1: key position battles, the players are still injured. So, like, you can't right. actually make a position battle because, like, Eric Smith, Is hurt. So, like, he's probably going to start at safety, but, like, he's hurt. So, how is he supposed (laughs) to battle for that position? So, I mean, I think, I don't think spring practice says much at all. I think, I think, uh, camp is when that starts to emerge and you actually start to see what's going to happen there. But, I mean, it's beneficial, but.
0: Not exactly something that you're going to hang your head on, at least in terms of predicting anything right uh last thing i want to talk about before we move on to the next part here is uh you know greg Schiano got that offer sheet six hundred thousand. you and i were both kind of surprised by that i mean did are you would you think he was going to get a little more cash than that yeah i thought he was going to get way more cash than that um because
1: you got to think about it the dude was an nfl head coach so right urban
0: i mean a bad one but yeah right, right, right. Like, but at
1: the end of the day he coached in the nfl and nobody else on staff did uh so urban meyer like And he's got that associate head coach position. Me and Eric were talking about this a little bit. And, Mm. you know, it it just sounds like he should be getting paid a lot. But I don't know. That's just odds of me that he's only making only making six hundred thousand dollars. I thought he'd make a lot more. I thought he'd make close to what almost a head coach at another school would make Um, just because he used to be an NFL head coach. And he's like big name star power sort of guy. I don't know. I thought he would make a lot more.
0: The one thing that I would say is, is it it's possible maybe that, A, he doesn't need the cash. I mean, he's probably got plenty of money. Yeah. And, B, maybe they didn't want to bump a dude up above Luke Fickle <laughs> um, so soon. Because, you know, Luke Fickle's obviously you – know, he's been forever, and he's he's obviously done a lot for the university. Luke Fickle's, I think, making like 640000 Um And it's possible that maybe they didn't want to, you know, overstep that a little bit. I'm not really sure. I mean, it, it just depends on what they're thinking about. I know that's certainly not something that they're like – you know, that concerned with, but it just, it, it's a big surprise to me. Cause I agree with you. I mean, that it was the NFL. Um, he had, he does have that assistant head coach label, which I don't know what that's about. I feel like that's really weird. Yeah, That is weird. Um, Larry
1: Johnson has that too.
0: Yeah. I like, weird. I mean, what does that mean? Like in the case, like it's like kind of a vice president thing, like, yeah. and, you know, maybe somebody has to resign and they step up or something. It's just, yeah, that's it seems odd to me that you would, they um, divide duties like that in that way. I would expect them to, especially after last year, to want to make those coaching roles a lot more defined, mm-hmm. um, especially, you know, with what we saw on offense. So I don't know. That'll be interesting. I'm still kind of a skeptic on Ciano. I don't know how you feel about him. Um, I, I'm i pretty pumped.
1: I think he'll be an excellent coordinator. And from what I've heard, he's literally insane.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah. And I
1: think, I think, see, because I love Jim Harbaugh too. Like I, I love Jim Harbaugh. I think he's hilarious.
0: Um, he is. I mean, I I'm, I'm right with you on that. I love the intense, like, like
1: him and Shiano are almost like, kind of in the same realm. They're like a parody of a head coach. Like if (laughs) you, if you were making a cartoon character about a head coach, you would make the Greg Shiano or Jim Harbaugh. Uh, and so like in that terms, like, I think it's great. And I think he's going to be a great coordinator. I'm just worried he tries to take too much power. Um, Right, because I I like Urban Meyer as my head coach, and I don't really want Greg Schiano to be my head coach. Uh, <laughs> so, if if he really stays in his place, and um, from what I know, him and Urban Meyer are, like great friends. So, um, I don't think there'll be too much of a power struggle. But um, as far as a coordinator, I think he'll be a great coordinator.
0: So, yeah, it'll just be interesting to see if he you know stays happy with what he's got. I mean, I honestly feel like this is. For him, just another stepping stone to get another head coaching job, mm-hmm. but he's got to prove himself, and hopefully that you know that's the case. Um, okay, so I, I think we'll keep an eye on that, and honestly, like I'm, I'm just looking forward to that spring game. I hope it's a good one. That'll be fun. All right, joining us tonight, we are really lucky to have USA, uh, USA Today, college basketball and college football beat writer uh, Nicole Auerbach. How are you doing tonight?
2: I am barely alive, which is actually not a great sign for early March, like pre-Sun yeah, Sunday. Usually I get really that. tired after that day. Yeah, but,
0: I feel like you've got a lot to get through uh before we're all said and done. Um what is what's actually on your plate right now? What have you got going?
2: Uh well I am actually currently at the Big Twelve Championship in Kansas City, which has not begun yet, but will. Um okay. and we just finished a bunch of our postseason awards. We did all America teams. And we named Bill Self National Coach of the Year. We named Ben Simmons Freshman of the Year. And we named Denzel Valentine Player of the Year. So that all ran today, today being Tuesday. And I was online. I've got podcasts going on. I'm a little tired. I need to actually – you know what? I need to just start getting used to functioning on less sleep because that's what will help me the rest of the month.
0: Yeah, I – like, I – We have, you know, we've got recruiting guys and whatnot, and they do their thing through early February, and I I feel like, I don't know how big of a Simpsons fan you are, but I won't ever stop talking about it, but I watched this episode last night where James Woods was uh, subbing for Apu and talked about how Apu was up for like 96 straight hours by the end of Pooh, thought he was like a hummingbird. Like, I don't understand the amount of caffeine that must be in your guys' bodies, like, to just function as human beings. That just seems insane to me. Well,
2: what's the hard part, actually, so eventually get used to it, where it's like every waking moment is (laughs) worse. You're
0: fine with your body just, like, breaking down. Well,
2: I mean, first of all, it's breaking down in many different ways. Because you are consuming (laughs) a lot of caffeine and then eating really terribly. Because a lot of times you're, like, in media rooms or, like, arenas and you're stranded or you're eating at, like, two in the morning and there's not very many options or you like candy like me so you bring snacks that are unhealthy (laughs) and then there's also the lack of sleep and then the weirdest part though is like like two days after the final four or the championship game where you like wake up and like nothing is due and you don't know what to do with yourself like right you're just so (laughs) out of way it takes a well, it's like I'll somebody coming like, back
0: from World War II yeah. and you're just kind of shell shocked and walking around yeah, like
2: this. PTSD is life. from the Final Four. It's really hard. <laughs> it's like a week until your body is like, oh, right, this is like, I'm allowed to like have dinner with a friend and like. Right, or sleep. Yeah, and sleep and not be on Twitter and like feeling anxiety. Like it takes a little while <laughs> to adapt back to normal civilian life.
0: I almost feel like, and I know we're getting slightly off track, but I don't care. I, I almost feel like that state of anxiety is almost necessary for someone in your position. Just watching RB writers, you know, Tim and Eric, you know, do the the football beat, especially during, you know, high school football season. It's like, you have to be in a constant state. It's like a cat, that is a that feels like it's about to have a whole bucket of water poured on it. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, you're yeah. constantly waiting for it to happen.
2: Well, it's because, like, this time of year, not only, like, I'm trying to come up with, like, cool, interesting ideas, and, like, if, say you're at a site where there's, like, I was at where Mercer beat Duke, so you want to get the great Mercer right. stories. so there's a lot of pressure on that. And then also, like, there's coaches being hired and fired, and you're, like, trying to keep tabs on that, and <laughs> it's just, like, all happening at the same time, and it is, yes, it's it madness. is madness. That's why. It's
0: college basketball madness.
2: Well, that is the um, podcast. Thank you for that. That's right. <laughs> that yes.
0: Does. We will we will once we will we'll bring that up again towards the end of this because you should listen to Nicole on College Basketball Madness, uh, their podcast over there at USA Today. I think that's great. Um so let me ask you this. I we have been talking about Ohio State basketball throughout the course of the year. I think most of us are kind of sick of doing that, and we want to look at basketball in maybe a more macro sense. So the first thing that I wanted to ask you, and I'm gonna ask you this because um you know, my my esteemed colleague, unfortunately, had some technical problems, so he couldn't be on here to ask it uh, himself, but how, what is your take on kind of the rise of Iowa basketball and, and maybe the top tier of the Big Ten right now? What, how do they stack up nationally?
2: Yeah, um, I think that's interesting. So what's interesting to me is that Maryland is the team that everyone expected to kind of blow the rest of the Big Ten out of the water, um, and that didn't really happen, and from my perspective, it just sort of seems like that team just has not completely gelled. There's obviously like a ton of talent there. Um, but there's like not dysfunction, but like, there's like just pieces that don't like the chemistry is not as nearly as good as some other teams. Then you've got teams like Indiana, which everyone like left for dead in November, December. And then (laughs) now, you know,
0: I might add. Yeah. And
2: now, you know, Tom Crean, big 10 coach of the year. I mean, we thought long and hard about making him our national coach of the year. Um, but again, you know, they they kind of dug themselves a hole and then right. got themselves out of it. But, you know, without their second leading score. But so that's impressive. They like play defense now and we always knew that they had, you know, a really really great guard in Yogi Ferrell. So like they they're sort of the team that kind of we thought they would be entering the year, but still thought Maryland would like own the Big 10. And then there was a stretch where, you know, it was it was Michigan State and Iowa that were like the best teams and then Iowa pulled right. off towards the end, but like I'm pretty all in on Iowa. Like I, I buy them. Um, I could see why right now people, especially depending on how they do in the Big Ten tournament, I could see people jumping off that bandwagon and picking them for like a 12-5 upset or I, I don't really know what seed they might get just based on the way that they've slumped into the end of the season. But you know, yeah. for for a season that's very much like the year of the senior and um, you know, Jared Utoff, Like I, I really like him and I like. The pieces around him, their veteran group. I, you know, I think they sort of weathered the whole point where they like were a potential number one seed, and like you know everyone was talking about them. They, that's over <laughs> now. They've they've gone <laughs> on the slide, um, but I still kind of like, like
0: Iowa fans that like like that though. I don't know that they necessarily want to be that top dog i think no, they would rather I, mean, and I don't i
2: think if you're a coach you don't necessarily want your team experiencing that like heading into so, the tournament
0: either now that brings up the question do you buy into the tom Izzo conspiracy theory that mark titus has put forward right with the with the injury the fake injury there do you do you believe that could that happen is that possible
2: i'm sorry what is the tom iso theory- are you not
0: are you not aware of
2: this i don't know Oh Am I not gosh. big enough okay. in Big Ten Twitter to have seen this?
0: <laughs> well, to be fair, uh, I wouldn't say that uh, that is quite like – I don't know that um, – I don't know. I, I don't know that this is something that is particularly well-known outside of maybe Ohio State uh, Twitter. But there was the, the injury earlier on in the year, right? Uh, with uh, with Denzel Valentine, yeah. correct? Like I think somewhere in December. Mm-hmm. And Mark Titus, you know, former Ohio State player and writer, Mark, Twi- Mark Titus, put forth the theory that Tom Izzo was really just sandbagging uh, Denzel Valentine because he he knows his team functions better when they are much angrier and like think that they're the underdog and that they you know have something to prove. So he was purposely like hobbling <laughs> one of the best players
2: to I get his think- team like. I think what I don't I thought know. where you were going to go on that is that he likes to complain about injuries. Oh, and... well, fair enough.
0: Yes, but <laughs> yeah. So um, it's No, it's so I I do
2: not buy that argument. <laughs> um particularly with Denzel because um I think at that time he was like the far and away front runner to win player of the year. And right. I don't think you do that when that's at stake. You know, I mean, I think <laughs> that that basically let buddy heals, you know, kind of get in the race and kind of be the front runner so i i don't know but i right. so i i like michigan state a lot i think that they're one of the couple teams nationally that's peaking at the right time which you know i tweeted i tweeted like three teams that are you know peaking at the right time and and you know it's kansas kentucky michigan state and i got a bunch of t- people being like are you serious you could just literally tweet this every single year like this is not for the news and i was like Okay, <laughs> well, right. if you watched Kansas earlier in the year or Kentucky yeah. earlier in the year, you would not have thought that. So, you know, I think Michigan State's playing well. I think it's one of those teams that that Tom Izzo likes, where you know your best player is like this hardworking, um, lead by example, like you know built himself into the player he is. Really good passing team. Um yeah. so, so I like them. I, I and you know, and then we haven't even really talked about Wisconsin. Greg Gard got the permanent job and you know, they're probably not going to, you know, have their streak snapped of, of making an NCAA tournament. So the Big Ten has some really good teams. I'm just curious to see how far they're going to go. Um, yeah.
0: that's See, and that's really my biggest thing. I mean, you, you watch them play, and you're like, all right, you've got a lot of good teams here. I mean, yeah. I don't know that you have any, like, one and two seeds necessarily. I mean, maybe you do. I don't know. I'm not grazeable. I'm not I think the
2: state's close. I haven't looked.
0: Yeah. At and that's fair, but I, for the most part, it's a lot of like four and five kind of seeds to me that might make noise at some point, but on the other hand, they might get bounced like within the first or second round.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm you know, I think Michigan State will go deep. Um, I'm I'm curious to see how Indiana does because they again also seem to be playing very well, right? As of late, um, but conference play wasn't their problem. Non conference play and certain matchups were, but again, that was early, so. You know, those two teams, I think I'm most curious. I think Maryland might be one of those teams that kind of flames out early, like I said. I mean, if they get a bad matchup and a couple guys are off for them, like if Mellow's not playing well or Diamondstone's in foul trouble or something, I mean, I you know, I don't think that they are as fluid um, and have as good chemistry as other teams to kind of, like, weather that. So, um, depending on the matchups, they they would be, like, a four or five seed I could see losing in the first weekend. Um Interesting. So so yeah I mean it, it's it's weird it's like I mean this season's gonna be this tournament's gonna be weird no matter what because the regular season <laughs> right. is so weird like the only team I'm comfortable saying like oh yeah they'll probably make it through the first weekend is like Kansas and that's basically <laughs> it um, we're
0: really going out on a limb there I, I appreciate <laughs> overall that. number that's good. One the,
2: yes um, that's
0: that's the Nicole Arbach lock of the week
2: yes I this is what they pay me the big bucks for my analysis yeah. so hashtag analysis. Uh, so so, yeah. okay
0: so just i true. look i really appreciate uh your insight into college basketball and especially the big 10 because that's something that i think especially when we're in the midst of a disappointing season we kind of lose track of but i i know your time's limited but i really really want to ask you i know you do some stuff uh with uh swimming as well like you know, big time swimming, and I really, I got two big questions. My first one is about Katie Ledecky, and can you just tell me, or maybe put in the context, the kind of swimmer that she is, because I feel that people simply do not appreciate, maybe people don't understand swimming or or follow it very closely, how mind-bendingly good she is, uh, and how historically good she is. Right,
2: so I have two theories on this, or two explanations. One okay. is that people do not at all pay attention to sports outside of Olympic years. So I think right. there's going to be a large portion of people who turn on their TV to watch the Real Olympics and think that Missy Franklin is still the best female <laughs> yes. U.S. swimmer. I'm so glad you said that. Um, which is totally, totally not the case. Um, Katie Ledecky. So my other, other part of this is that when she was fifteen, right? She was fifteen at the Olympics in London. I think so, yeah. She only swam distance events, so nobody right. likes. Honestly, people's attention spans to like sit for like four minutes—it doesn't exist. People like yeah, to the watch
0: commercial spr- breaks. Yeah, right? like
2: to watch sprinting events, so they didn't care how like how badly she was beating people in distance events because no one's gonna sit and watch them. They're just not as popular and not as trendy and like sexy to watch as events. So now she basically can swim everything from the hundred to the mile um, in freestyle. (laughs) And she is beating everybody. She's beating the the Allison Schmitz and Missy Franklin's at the 200 free, which that's like their event. Um, Like they were the two who swam it in London and she's winning the 400. She's winning the 800. She's still winning all of her distance events, but now she's a sprinter too. So, she is and and she's dominating at all these different levels i mean it's it's really incredible and it's happening so quietly but everyone will obviously fall in love with her when the olympics start because she's i think going to win more medals than anyone like her like her medal haul will be the biggest out of any of the swimmers and maybe any of the u.s olympians
0: 18 years old that's insane
2: she is so dominant at every, at every level of freestyle, every distance. And I remember her coach, uh, Bruce Gemmel putting it this way last year. Cause she, she had an incredible last, but, uh, 2015 as well. Um, and she, I think she was us swimmer of the year or, or female athlete of the year or whatever. Um, yeah. and I remember her, her coach saying that he can hear if she's swimming well, like it's like a metronome, like it's that hmm. like methodical and like, because she doesn't swim against competition, it is literally just the clock. Because she's chasing world right. records, and they're often her own. So what
0: really, like, what amazes me about Katie Ledecky is, I mean, it, it, you're right. Like the technique, the fact that she is incredibly consistent. But I just think people don't appreciate how incredibly rare it is for have somebody be that proficient at the mile and that proficient at short distances. No,
2: that never happens. It doesn't,
0: and, and again, people just I think, well, it's swimming, right? But that's like saying it's running, right? Like it's it's go ahead and just run. Like it doesn't matter yeah, how fast you can Just
2: compete go. in the marathon and also the hundred meter sprint. Yeah, I mean the
0: the the temperament involved, the mental fortitude, just to even like put your mind in the right like you know place to to swim those events is completely different, and then the the technique is different, the breathing is different. Like that to me just it completely blows my mind. Uh, that she's able to do that. And then the second question that I had for you was, I mean, Michael Phelps is still going to make a run for it, I believe. Like he's still, you know, going for it. Like how, how successful do you think he's going to be in this? Uh, what is presumably his final Olympics?
2: Yeah. He's promising that this will be it. And I, th- I think it will. Cause his, his life is changing. He's he's going to be a father. He's getting married. Um, he's in Arizona now. Like, I mean, he's definitely, I mean, again, four years past, everyone like forgets. So like he is growing up, (laughs) um, like presumably. Um, but so I think he's only going to swim events that he believes he's going to meddle in. So I think, um, after talking to Bob Bowman, his longtime coach, I mean, he's not, he doesn't want to swim. They're not, they don't want him to swim nearly as many events as he used to, um, as you know, you know this, but like just for general listeners, I mean as swimmers get older they tend to do the sprinting events, the shorter events. I mean right. Ryan Lofty it will be the same way. Although he's still mulling over doing a four hundred IM because he loves it and even <laughs> though it's like super painful. Um
0: but it's, it's, it's the worst.
2: It's the worst. Um I was yeah. actually just with him in Charlotte last week, um and spent a day with his training group. But Michael felt so so like the hundred butterfly, maybe the two hundred butterfly, he'll do freestyle trials enough to get put on relay teams, um but I just don't think it's going to be nearly as many events as he's done in the past because I mean, if you're him, first off, why would you swim anything you are not like really confident you're going to get a medal in, like you don't want right. to end on a bad note like that, you know, so i so I think you know it'll be like his signature event, the hundred fly, maybe the two hundred. Um, and then the relays. That's my guess. Um, I guess he could do the 200 free, but then you know it just kind of piles up with the relays, and then all of a sudden it's a long program. So I think it'll be less. Um, I think he will do well. He was not allowed to go to World Championships last year, and he like lit a fire under his butt and like swam world <laughs> like best times in the year in the in the free in the butterflies last year. So I think he's in shape and like will swim really well. Um, I'm not. It'll be interesting to see how the men do on a whole, because they're all kind of old this year. Um, right. But I think he will, he shouldn't swim anything he's not going to meddle in.
0: Well, and he doesn't have anything to prove at this point. I mean, Yeah, no, but you the just don't want to
2: not, you know, you don't want to, like, right. finish eighth.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, honestly, thank you so much for coming in. Like, I, I'm glad that I get to talk about this uh, a little bit uh, with our guests. It's not a topic we get to bring up a lot, so I appreciate it. And I appreciate you coming on and talking a little College Basketball, too. Hopefully that will help people uh, fill out their brackets at least a little bit. Yes. Um, so that's Nicole Auerbach, uh, USA Today College of Basketball and College Football Beat Writer. You can also listen to Nicole on the uh, College Basketball Madness podcast that you guys are doing over at USA Today, too. So that's, that's great. Give that a listen. And thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate
2: it. Yeah, thanks for having me. And if you want to talk swimming, I'll be around all summer.
0: Excellent. All right, joining us tonight, we've got another great guest. We've got Adam Watson, Blocko President. We can't, Adam, we we're really glad to have you on because I I definitely had a number of questions for you. I used to be in Blocko when I was at Ohio State, um, and like I started at Ohio State in 2003, so I'm old, sad. <laughs> <so> uh, <laughs> but I just I, I had a couple questions for you, just about how it's running and whatnot. But first of all. Um, how do you think the year went? How's enrollment? How were some of the activities that you guys did? Can you just give us a, maybe a rundown of what 2015 was like in Blacko?
3: Yeah, definitely. I think uh, 2015 was one of our better years. Um, we started off the year on a huge, huge foot where we had a Oklahoma, or excuse me, watch party for the Virginia Tech game, and we did it on uh, nice. South Oval. We pulled about three thousand kids out of the dorms and off-campus, and they were all sitting out, and we had a huge projection screen. It was incredible. Um, That definitely helped boost our enrollment. I think this year we had one of our uh, highest enrollment numbers of at least the era that I've been here, which is really only three years, so not that many, but still. Um, It was an awesome year. We had some other pretty great events. I know we've done a lot of social events that have gone really well. Um, Some of the smaller events that we have have just rocked it. Um, Our block opening night this year was probably the best that I've been here for. So it's good to see that we're improving throughout the years anyways.
1: Yeah. So uh, I guess for um, football game experience, cause you were, you're the president coming up this year and you're going to, and you were the football director last year. So a lot of people don't yeah. realize what all the football director does. So can you just tell us about your duties as football director? Yeah, definitely. Um, as football director,
3: I create my own committee, which this year we had uh, 12 people who really, Help me get everything done because uh, we put about a good 40 hours a week into every football game week. So that's nice. everything that goes into coming up with card stunt ideas, um, going into our online system, creating them, making sure that we have uh, the scripts set out for, you know, what we're going to do, when we're going to do the card stunts. Um, and then we have to cut out a bunch of these flips and paste them onto the cards themselves to show people, yeah, you know what? When we hold up a number one, you're going to hold a red card. Or number two, you're going to hold a gray card. So, um there's a lot of man hours that goes into that. And then we also do things such as come up with different chants that we want for the week, kind of brainstorm how we're going to pick on different people on different teams, which is <laughs> always the best part, really. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, we do a lot of logistical stuff with uh, athletics as well. So I work with uh, Fan Experience, and we do everything from we were in the shoe opening a huge American flag one day just to you know make sure that it was all set and good so when uh, we went to do it. Uh, Saturday at the game, you know, everything went off without a hitch. Um, Yeah, we got a bunch of uh, stuff that we do with bouncers as well to make sure that our sections are secure, so then people only with our tickets are getting in there, which we do a decent job of, but (laughs) outside of that, (laughs) can't stop everybody, which kind of sucks, but, you know, we we do what we can with what we have, and then uh, a lot of time goes into warming up for Mike and working with uh, the guy who works in North. I did a lot of the South stuff, so we try to work back and forth and see if we create anything to just get the entire shoe environment up on its feet. So I think we did a pretty good job with that this year.
0: So how does one become Blocko president? How do you get to that position? Is there like a, you know, kind of like a a Pope thing where you guys are like putting white (laughs) smoke out the top of, you know, Ohio stadium or how does that work?
3: Yeah. We all sit in a room in the shoe and sit there and burn pieces of paper. And if it works (laughs) well, then there you go. Good. (laughs) Uh, no, actually, we have our own uh, executive board, which consists of nine voting members, and then we've had uh, seven sport directors this past year. Um The nine voting members get the votes in all elections, so if you are a member of the executive board, you are allowed to run for president. Um There's a 10-minute presentation that goes into it where you kind of tell them what you plan on doing with the org, where you see the org going, um some ideas you might have for small things, like I know this year I ran on an event called random act of spirit, where hopefully in the coming year we'll be doing a lot of fun things that Ohio State students should keep their eyes open for. Um, I'm not going to quite ruin that yet because we got a lot to do with that, but hopefully <laughs> it'll be pretty cool. And then there's a pretty intense Q&A session that comes afterwards where uh, the nine voting members, plus our advisors, are sit down and try to poke holes in your ideas, try and poke holes in, you know, what you said you were going to do, why you see the org going in that direction, just to really get to know um, and get comfortable with where the org is going.
1: Cool. Uh, so you poked at this a little bit when you were talking about not letting kids into the section, uh, but you deal with a lot of drunk college students, pretty much like, pretty, pretty much like, so you're, you're basically the fun police. Um, so what's like, what are some of the crazy situations that you've had to deal with? Like the, the dumbest kids or, uh, the, um, the work, just the worst experiences or the funniest experiences that you've had? Oh,
3: dear Lord.
0: How many people should I keep this? Follow your heart. Uh, I mean, you know, as long as you don't incriminate anyone. uh, (laughs) Look, as long as I don't have to be called as a witness or an accessory to something, I don't really care. Oh, dear God.
3: (laughs) Well, um, we had an experience, a fun experience this year. Um, where we somehow got kids from Western Michigan, of all schools, that decided to buy Blocko tickets, which, by (laughs) all means, if you want to buy tickets, go for it. Uh, Anyways, they (laughs) tried to pretty much negate everything we did to the point where they would yell at kids around them for cheering (laughs) during our game in our stadium. And um, the best part was when we went up there to kind of talk and be like, hey, you're more than welcome to be here, just don't be a dick. And uh dude's holding a handle of tequila. So that was pretty – yeah, no, not just not just a flask, not a fit, a handle. And I'm sitting there going, <laughs> now, how did you get this in? No, and how you... much of that have you actually drank while sitting here? The that, kid. I mean, like, Western uh, yeah. Michigan
0: goes hard, man. That's crazy. But
3: of all schools go hard, I would not have picked Western Michigan. But, I mean, peace <laughs> own. But, yeah. uh, no, one of the – Another strange experience was when we had kids from Penn State show up in whiteout stuff during our blackout, which was interesting. Nice. Um, the usher, one of the usher came up to me and they're like, "So we're wondering if we can sit them in the front because we know if they get in the back, they'll probably die." So <laughs> that's, I mean, I'm not going to say they're wrong. I'd, I'd be lying if I said they were wrong, but uh, that was just another interesting little thing. We always deal with, we deal with the drunk kids. We deal with the kids that always try to start a wave. It never, ends up, never ends up going. What's wrong
0: with here? the wave? There's nothing wrong with the
3: wave. It's pretty legitimate. The last the time we did a wave, tradition. JT Barrett got his leg broken, and that's when I swore to never ever attempt a wave ever again.
1: <laughs> but that's well, that's a
0: pretty good reason. Another thing, I agree with another, that. another
1: thing, a lot of people don't realize is that you almost single handedly start every O H I O like the around the stadium, stadium, Ohio.
3: Yeah, that's kind yeah. of. Crazy. That's probably my favorite thing to do. Like when you said that, I kind of got chills. I'm going to lie. Um, <laughs> there's, there's no greater experience than having the ability to do something that I know there are fans in the stands who are waiting for all game. I know I have some vivid memories when I went to a, I think it was my 12th birthday. My parents got us tickets to the Wisconsin game and I watched it going, Oh my God, a hundred thousand people just stood there and spelled out the name of our state. I know it sounds stupid, but Oh my God, that was so cool. Like, um, to really get everybody here, that hundred
0: thousand people all listen to you at once. <laughs> I mean, that's not bad. Yeah, it's not power
3: hungry at all. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but uh, there's nothing wrong with a little bit of that.
3: No, not at all. But one of the more fun things is um, last year when uh, that state up north was around, we did a Let's Go Bucks chant, and usually that doesn't go anywhere. But um, it was really awesome because the entire stadium, the whole, picked it up and started chanting it. and That was, that was definitely a special moment.
0: Uh, okay, so the other question that I wanted to ask real quick was I feel like, alright, there's been a lot of angst sometimes with the music selections in Ohio Stadium. Mean, I don't want to get you in trouble. Alright? I don't want to like make you have to take a controversial stance that you don't want to take, Adam. But if you had kind of like a dream lineup of like get pump type songs or whatever, what would you pick? Maybe instead of some of the things that they currently play. Oh boy. Um, I've got the
3: unpopular, opinion. I'm not into all the new heavy, hardcore rap music that they try to okay. play. I'm hardcore ACDC, Thunderstruck. If you play Thunderstruck gotcha. and you see me not bouncing, it's because I'm sick or dying. Um, <laughs> I love, uh, seven nation army is always fun. It, it does tend to get overplayed sometimes, especially <laughs> when we score 76 points in a game against Western Florida Tech.
0: University. So you're still you're still a Seven Nation Army devotee. That's See, interesting. I like, personally, I like it
3: better when we play Joker and the Thief. We just uh-huh, have to come up with right. something for the it. The Wolf Mother. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a better, it's more hype, definitely, 100%. Right. But the chant that goes along with Seven Nation Army is just so easy, so quick to pick up and,
0: um yeah. I know there's sometimes when people just get unreasonably hyped to it. So kids these days. I'm surprised by that. how do other people share your sentiments in Block O? Is that is that a common belief or a common feeling?
3: A lot of the times what I hear is we need to change that. And then we ask, right. Okay, what to? And they go,
0: Yeah, I don't know. So, yeah, Justin Bieber, T Swizzle. <laughs> oh, <God.
3: laughs> We're gonna start singing um Go Love Yourself in the
0: section. O H. I. O. Go Love Yourself. Yeah. That'd be great. We should do that. Be, that's the, I mean, I would get all into that. Why not? You music from my generation, get a little NKOTB out there.
1: Oh God.
0: You know how I roll. Right. Little, little, Hey, I little did that. cross. Oh man. Back, daddy. I can jump. Oh man. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, Adam, look, I think we picked your brain long enough. Look, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, Telling us more about Blocko, it's a really integral part of the student uh, experience at games. and we I, Believe me, dude, I was in Blocko for a couple of years when I was at Ohio State. I enjoyed it immensely. I really appreciate all you do, and, and please keep up the good work, dude. That's, that's great.
3: Oh, thanks so much. Thanks for having me, guys. It was, it's really awesome to uh, get the word out about us and what we do and how exciting it really is.
0: All right, now it's time for our, our absolute favorite part of the Dovecast is Ask Us Anything. And you can ask us anything by sending us an email to dubcast at elevenwarriors dot com or hitting us up on Twitter uh, at eleven dubcast. And the ask us anything segment and eleven dubcast, as a, uh, a general rule, is sponsored by the dry goods store that you can find on eleven warriors down there at the bottom. Tons of good shirts and some very topical search shirts, considering that we talked about Afro Duck, and we got a lot of cool stuff on there. I know you personally, Kevin. Uh, sport a number of those shirts I, and have on national television.
1: I, I have, I have sport sport supported sported them on national television.
0: Yeah, they're stylish. I I really like the I really like the duck shirt. I like it's oh, it's great. Such a good picture of Afro Duck, it's, and I yeah. am continually impressed how well that turned it's a out. Classic college shirt. I agree. All right, so we've got several questions this week. Uh, we're going to start off with uh, Alvin. Alvin's kind of PO'd because we. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we missed his uh, his question, and I feel really bad about it because Alvin's done a really great job of writing in questions, and, and I want to make sure that we uh, that we address it. So uh, this is this is for you, Kevin. We're going to start off with a real serious question. Burger King recently released their newest menu item, which is the hot dog. Um, Alvin wants to know: Is this a crime?
1: Uh, okay. See, you said their newest menu item, and then listed yes. a hot dog.
0: Yeah. Like, it took them this. According thing. to Alvin, took, I don't follow the menu items on Burger King that close. Right, neither so, do I.
1: Around. But I just think it's astounding that it's taken like a fast food restaurant this long to think of putting a hot dog on their menu. <laughs> so I think. Yeah. I think that's the rallies does it
0: right? Like the rallies are. Sonic, Sonic, Sonic. Like Dairy you, Queen. Something. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but I, I, I don't know. I, see, okay. My question is: Burger King sets themselves apart by making their burgers flame grilled. Are they flame-grown oh. hot dogs?
0: Ooh, I hope so. I mean, I actually, I mean, Burger King, I had this debate with my students uh, yesterday about the the tiers, right? Yeah. Like, you know, generally, you've got Burger King. If you're thinking, like, the big three, I think, in, in burger fast food restaurants, you're thinking Burger King, Wendy's, McDonald's, yeah. right? Yeah. I go, my personal preference is Burger King, Wendy's, McDonald's, in that order, and my students had it completely reversed, and I think they're insane, stupid children, and that's...
1: yeah. <laughs> and,
0: and they should and until they can learn otherwise they shouldn't be released into the adult world. But um yeah, I I don't know. I, I do I think it's a crime? I don't think it's a crime. I think they, they should have done it. And if they're flame grilled like you suggested, I think they might be pretty dang tasty. Okay. So I'm just angling for that um you know, Big Burger King dubcast endorsement. So hopefully we put that. Uh <laughs> all right. So Josh sent us our next question here. he asked other than football and basketball, what is your favorite OSU sport to watch or cover? Um, huh. I think I know what your answer to that is going to be, but maybe I'm wrong. What do you What do you think? Okay, well,
1: you're you're probably right. I love watching the women's basketball team. Um, right, but if if I'm gonna pick one that's against what I, you know, get paid to cover, um, I think I'd say the tennis teams, which is kind of weird Ooh. because. Um, I mean, it's tennis, and tennis doesn't seem like it'd be all that exciting to watch. But,
0: it's not. But, but right. continue.
1: But uh, they're really, really, really good this year. The women's team is ranked number one for the first time in program history, and the men's team's number nice. three. So, like together, they're just being—they're doing awesome, and uh, I love going out there and watching them just dominate teams because that's what they do. It's never really even close, so that's fun.
0: You know what? I can't hate too much on that opinion. I used to, back in the day, I I think when I was like 18 maybe, I had a summer job where, you know, because I'm from down near Cincinnati, and the ATB tour was coming through, and a friend of mine got me a job with ESPN where I, like, I sat in front of these tennis, uh, like, well, I sat in a production booth by the tennis courts, and I basically just, like, time logged all of the tennis matches. Like, I would write down by hand. You know, the scores, and I did this for, like, like eight hours a day. Or nine hilarious. Hours a hilarious. Yeah, where I just sat in a production booth and just, like, wrote down, like, time-stamped, like, this is the score at this time-stamp, this is the score at this time-stamp, and I would put a star next to, like, cool, you know, like, cool things that happened, you know, if there was, like, a really long, you know, back and forth or there was a neat shot or something like that, I would, you know, I would put a star by it. And then I would make copies of all my logs and then run them out to the other production trailers for like ESPN and some of the other more international, you know, like the the British uh telecast uh-huh. and things like that. And I felt I felt like a big shot, you know, because I was helping determine which clips went into the uh highlight shows on like Sports right. Center and stuff. So I would I would turn on SportsCenter that night and be like, Ooh, did my clips make it? and it was neat. Um and honestly I think I gained I gained an appreciation for tennis in two ways. The first way was I obviously watched a lot of tennis, and I realized, like, how incredibly difficult that sport is. It is super freaking hard. Um, And then I also gained an appreciation because to learn the scoring for tennis, I played a lot of Mario tennis (laughs) on N64 before I did that job. That's great. And I got really good at it. And uh, so I was like, well, all right, tennis, you know. I still don't enjoy watching it, but I definitely appreciate it. I think it's a legitimate sport. I think it's a, a very it's it's definitely a worthy sport of of people's attention. Um, for me personally, favorite OSU sport to watch it's got to be wrestling for me, especially when you get into, um, like the postseason and whatnot. Like it's such, you know, I we talked about this with Kurt, but it is truly a midwestern art form. I love watching it. I think it's such a a cool, interesting, physically demanding sport. And man, the fact that they were even thinking about taking out like freestyle wrestling and stuff from the Olympics is a crime. And I know it's not the same thing as like folk style with, um, you know, college wrestling and whatnot. But I, I love it. I just think it's a really cool, interesting sport. And it, there's a lot of drama too because it's just a you know it's one of those one-on-one things. Which I guess you could say the same thing about uh about tennis as well. So, all right, so we got some questions on Twitter. I'm going to ask you these these really great questions here. This is from. Uh, at Brits Bradley, and he wants to know, what is the expectation for the Basket Bucks in three years? Am I delusional in saying that they compete for national championship before the freshmen leave? What do you think about that? Uh, define compete. Like <laughs> Compete, how about this? Compete means Elite Eight. How about that? Are, could they reach the Elite Eight with the team that they have? I can see it, because I don't think
1: many of them are going anywhere. Like okay. I don't well yes I mean I guess Jaquan Lyle could leave before his senior year, um, but I don't see like AJ Harris isn't going anywhere at like five seven,
0: <laughs> Mickey Mitchell
1: isn't going anywhere.
0: Next uh, Muggsy Bogues. Yeah,
1: I guess Trevor Thompson or Daniel Giddens could, but I I see them sticking around a little longer. Plus, they're getting guys like Micah Potter and uh, Derek right. Funderburk coming in, so. I don't think it's far off, but the other thing is, other teams reload too, and I just, it's hard to predict what a senior Jaquan Lyle is versus a freshman five-star, you know? Right. Um, So I don't think they're going to be bad, and I think Elite Eight, it it could happen, but I'm not about to say, like, oh, they're a title contender in three years. I I just don't know. Um, it, It all depends on what Ohio State brings in, too. So,
0: we'll see. Yeah. I think a lot of it depends on your faith in Thad Mata um, building these guys up. Because I do think that they have a lot of innate talent, but I do think that you also need to uh, really hope that they learn how to play as a team sometimes and not go through stretches where they just look like the worst possible team on the planet.
2: Yeah. Which
0: they do, right? Like, you'll watch them and you're like, oh my god, what are they doing? yeah. And then and then they'll turn it on and they'll look really good. I, I actually I went to the Northwestern game this year and like that first half you're like this isn't even a basketball team. This is just a bunch of dudes who showed up and put on the uniform and said, All right, we we play a couple of pickup games, we know what we're doing and the second half they look great and, and like you really hope that this is just a product of them being really young and that they'll learn and then they'll advance and get better. Um but yeah, I don't know. I don't know how confident I am, honestly. And and I would like to see Thad Mata prove me wrong and, you know, coach a billion more years and whatnot and coach these guys up. But I'm a little wary on that. I don't know that they are really going to be competing for a national title, to be honest. I, I just don't see that level of talent. I mean, like I said, it doesn't matter who they bring in, but yeah, they, they better bring in some like complete game changer, I think, for that to to really happen. Um, all right, last question. This is from Kurt. Our good friend Kurt was on the Dubcast last week. He wants to know, and this is a question from Kanye West, who has reached out to the 11 Dubcast. Uh, Kanye wants to know, uh, via Kurt, <laughs> uh, question, why do people not want me to be me?
1: Okay, so first off, I want Kanye to be Kanye, because Kanye is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I cannot tell you how many, like, like hilarious days I've had just because somebody says Kanye's Twitter go (laughs) like it's just great now but he didn't say Kevin he said people so if I'm gonna answer Kanye's question I'm gonna say it's because he's he's kind of a dick like (laughs) like just, just like if he can't realize that if he can't take a step back and be like oh this is why people hate me I mean like you gotta have some have some some self-awareness, man. Like, come on.
0: I, I, look, I I don't think people want Kanye to be Kanye because I, I think if they allowed Kanye to be Kanye, they wouldn't be able to complain about Kanye being Kanye. I feel you. So I think they want, like, I, I really don't, I think they want to be able to be mad at Kanye. I think a lot of people want to say like Kanye West is the worst guy in the world. I dare you Kanye West. Yeah, I feel that. Doing all these things. But, Ultimately, like I, I'm with you, man. I want Kanye to be Kanye every day. I want him to be nothing but himself because he is hilarious and he genuinely. The, the great thing about Kanye West, right? What the reason why I love Kanye West is because he truly, genuinely believes that he is like the greatest artist of the last like 150 oh, years. Yeah. yeah, like bar, and, and that's not a joke. Like he actually believes. Right. That. Yeah. And. Here's the thing. A lot of other artists believe it, too, but they try to play the coy little game of, like, nah, I'm just out here trying to make a book. I'm one of you guys. And Kanye just ditches that yeah. entire pretense and says, nope, you're all garbage. I'm the best. And I, I appreciate it's that. Hilarious. I appreciate somebody who's that up front about it. Yeah. He's
1: not playing games.
0: He's, he's
1: everything he yeah. is,
0: just right out there. He's selling $1,000, like, white T-shirts. <laughs> he's complaining about not being respected by the fashion community. And being poor. He's... He's complaining about being in debt, too. Yeah, he's $54 million in debt, which makes no sense whatsoever. He's not. Yeah. I mean, he might he might have put up that much money, but he's right. not in debt. Um, it, it, He's talking about running for president in, like, 2020. I hope
1: that happens. That'd just be hilarious.
0: I, I do, too. And here's the thing. I've, I've operated on the assumption for a long time that Kanye West is a high-functioning, extremely autistic man, and that's okay. Yeah. Like I honestly, people need to just like be okay with the fact that Kanye West is a weird dude who doesn't understand some social norms. That doesn't make him a bad person. Yeah. Like, what's the worst thing you can say that Kanye West has done? Right, he punched a photographer who like called his girlfriend a, a racial epithet I mean, or something. Like, that's
1: kind of good for him. Oh yeah. I mean, like, I'm glad he did.
0: So I I got no I got no problem with Kanye. You don't have to like his music, but the dude is definitely influential and interesting and honestly that's more than you can say for a lot of other musical artists that people fawn over. So I'm 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 team Kanye all the way. As long as he's not proven to be like some horrible, awful person, I'm cool with it. I think he's I think he's hilarious and insane and I want him to keep being Kanye forever. Oh yeah. Alright, so that's the Eleven Dubcast. Keep sending in questions. It's it's really our it's the manna from heaven that sustains us during the off season. So we really, really uh want as many questions as possible. So there you go. Thanks thanks for uh sending in those questions for Ask Us Anything. All right, and that was the 11 Dubcast for this, the, uh, well, today's the 8th, but it'll go live on the 9th of uh, March here. Thanks so much for Adam Watson, Blocko President, for coming on, Nicole Arbuck from uh, USA Today. You can also listen to her on College Basketball Madness Podcast. Uh, We are having some madness here relatively soon. It is March Madness.
1: And thank you for, uh, what's up? NIT.
0: NIT, hell yeah. Got to get that NIT championship. Got to get that NIT natty. Uh, <laughs> um, and thanks to you, Kevin, for coming on. You know, I really appreciate First of all, I'm sorry I, I asked you on such short notice. And secondly, thanks for filling in admirably for Michael. It's a little sad circumstances, but Michael's on the mend, and he'll be back next week. But I think you did a great job, dude.
1: Oh, thanks. It was
0: tons of fun. Uh, so I got a final question for you. And we talked a little bit. I was talking a little bit with uh, Nicole Auerbach about um, swimming and whatnot. And I was a swimmer for a long time. I wasn't very good. I was I was just kind of not. I was kind of like middling, kind of average uh, as a swimmer. Um, but we were talking about Katie Ledecky. And Katie Ledecky is an 18-year-old. I don't know how much you know about her, mm-hmm. Kevin, but she's like basically God's gift to swimming right, right yeah. now. So she's just destroying everybody in every event. You, played, you said you played a little bit of baseball in high school. Um, was there a kid that you played with or that you saw – as an athlete in high school that it was just like a king among men or a queen among like girls. Like, did you just like see somebody who was just an otherworldly athlete that you were just super irritated with? So
1: I, I wasn't personally irritated and this wasn't the sport that I, uh, I played in, but we had these two twins. They were, their names were uh, Ian and Connor Antley. And they played on my, uh, my high school soccer team, my senior year. And they, their whole life basically did nothing but play soccer growing up and they did it together. <laughs> and right. they were next level good. Uh, they, they would do stuff like they They were so good that uh, our coach would put a limit on how many goals they could score in a game. And ap- <laughs> after three, he'd pull them. And nice. so they'd start doing things like they'd get a one-on-one with the keeper after they've already had two goals and they would just stop and dribble around the box. Until somebody else got there and they could pass it off and get an assist instead.
0: That's that's amazing. Yeah,
1: they were so good and it was just scary, and they were really cocky too, and
0: well, yeah. that almost okay. that
1: almost made it better.
0: Right. Well, you know, when you're that good, I mean, we just got done talking about Kanye West, right? right. Yeah. So, um, so the the guy that we had, he played basketball, and I really Michael Kleinders, my, he, Michael Kleinders is a great guy. I think he's a doctor right now. He's he's yeah, uh, but he was all t- he was like all state in basketball his freshman year. He's like six foot five, could dunk like easily. The probably the only person in our school who could dunk. Because <laughs> I went to a school filled with like tiny white Catholic dudes. Yeah. Uh, not really, not really Dunkin' sort. <laughs> and Michael was a was a really great guy, really humble, really nice. And my favorite memory of his was we had a this round robin tournament in sophomore year in gym class. And Somehow, I ended up on a three-man team with my friend Derek and Michael, and our entire strategy the entire time was just to, like, pass it to him. Like, any time we got the ball, we just wait for him to run open and then dunk. Like, it was like, alley-oops. Like, we won the entire tournament of the school because we just, like, kept passing to him. And let, like, I remember the final game was actually on a three-man team where the gym teacher was one of the opponents, and he was just beating the crap out of us. Like, he was knocking us down and throwing elbows (laughs) to our faces. And we're like, we don't care. We just like we would do little like bump passes to to Michael. He scored like fifty points and we won and it was great. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. So yeah, sometimes you gotta you gotta, you know, appreciate the the better uh the betters among you and, and use them to your advantage. Oh yeah. Um alright, so uh Kevin, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks again to Cole and Adam. And uh yeah, that's the Eleven Dubcast. We'll see you guys next week. Yep.
3: Peace.